Well, hello there. My name is Jan Burt, and this is my podcast, The Burt Not Ernie Show, where we talk about God's promises and the hope those promises bring to our everyday lives. Whenever I meet somebody new, I introduce myself as Jan Burt and say, like Burt and Ernie, since it's easy to confuse my last name with a different one. And almost always, people smile when they think of Burt and Ernie. That got me thinking. I'm a Burt, and I'm not an Ernie. But how often do we live as if we're someone God never meant for us to be? Part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Hence the name, The Burt Not Ernie Show. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dig into God's promises. Well, hey, hello there, everybody. Welcome back to The Burt Not Ernie Show podcast. Getting the promises of God into the people of God, one podcast episode at a time. And this is episode number 77. I am so glad you're here. Thank you for joining me today. We are going to be looking at a few verses from the New Testament, from the book of Philippians, uh, chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. So three verses, Philippians 1, 9, 10, and 11 from the Amplified. Um, I always suggest that you read the Word of God in your own translation, you know, whatever, by that I mean not your own that you created kind of translation, but like whatever your daily reader is, your Bible app, whatever it might be, read it, read it for yourself. Because if that's the version you're reading from every day, it's really going to just kind of um, resonate, doesn't feel like the right word, but it's going to, it's more reader friendly. That's what you're used to. To King James, open up your King James and read Philippians 1, 9, 10, and 11 in the King James. I'm reading from the Amplified. That's what I use most days for my daily study time. And so that's familiar for me. It's comfortable for me. Um, and it gives me all those extra words that help kind of show me the bigger picture that I can't get when it's translated into English, whether it be um, the Hebrew of the Old Testament, the Greek of the New Testament, I like to have like the depth of it. I'm, But I'm one of those people that, man, give me my Strong's Concordance and let me just study word by word what each word means. I know everybody's not that way. So um, you always want to, anybody who's who's teaching you the word of God, a Bible study that you're in, um, whatever it might be, would you please just check it, vet it per the word of God, open it and read the Bible and see what it says for yourself. Because we need to be able to kind of test the word of God by the word of God. Um, the Holy Spirit is not going to give you some information that contradicts the word of God. He is not going to do that. Um, and likewise, somebody putting a spin on the word of God that is not fitting with what God's word says, um, you know, you have the right uh, and kind of like more than the right, the obligation to check what the word of God says. And here in westernized society, uh, we have a lot of Bibles laying around our houses. We have ample opportunity you have it on your phone. You can always check what God's word says. So read this in your own daily Bible translation. If that would be a benefit to you, I almost guarantee it would be. How long is it going to take? A couple seconds to read three verses? Not very long. So, um, but read it, read it for yourself. Always read it for yourself. That was a long intro. Now let's read Philippians 1, 9 through 11 from the Amplified. And this I pray that your love may abound more and more, displaying itself in greater depth, in real knowledge and in practical insight, so that you may learn to recognize and treasure what is excellent, identifying the best and distinguishing moral differences, and that you may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, actually living lives that lead others away from sin. 
filled with the fruit of righteousness, which, which comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God, so that his glory may be both revealed and recognized. Wow, that's a lot. That's a lot. It's probably going to be shorter if you read it in a different version that's not the Amplified. But like I said, that just gives you a great picture of like the extra depth that um, helps me to grow in my own personal fear and admonition of the Lord. Give me the details so I really know how to take this, pray through it, believe God will work it out through his Holy Spirit in my life and live it and you know, be different than I was before I started reading the Bible, because I really do. I really do believe the word of God, it is life changing. And so we should expect it to actually change our lives because we might say that, yeah, I know it's life changing. It absolutely is. And we um, don't realize that we aren't expecting it to do any actual life change anymore. Uh, You know, keep that fire burning, as Paul wrote to Timothy, his son in the faith, right? Not his physical son, his son in the faith. Keep that fire burning. Whatever you got to do for me, I got to know what the word of God says in detail so that I can uh, live it, pray it, believe it, and kind of hold myself accountable if that makes sense. Yield to the Holy Spirit. Oh yeah, this is a choice I'm going to make in this situation. I'm going to yield to you, Holy Spirit, because this over here is what I just read in the word of God this morning. And so I'm like, what am I going to do? Butt heads with the word of God or just submit myself, therefore, to God? which comes with a beautiful promise from the book of James. I've talked about it before. If you submit yourself to the Lord, then you resist the devil and the devil will flee from you. I got to have that submit myself first, therefore, to the Lord part. Uh, And you do too. We all do. Why do I say that? Because it's in God's word. Okay. So yeah, that's like my man. I'm wearing my preachy pants today. Okay. All right. So that's a lot in those verses that I read. I mean, reading it, it kind of almost feels like drinking from a fire hose. That's, um, there's just a lot here. So how in the world do we even begin to live this out? Well, the answer, you already know it. I know you do. It's that we don't do this on our own. It is literally impossible to do life as a disciple of Jesus Christ on our own. I can't do it. You can't do it. We must have, we gotta have. like rely on daily kind of must have the Holy Spirit leading us, correcting us, teaching us, giving us wisdom, providing all of the fruits of the Spirit, right? Because that's the evidence of the Holy Spirit in your life. So we should be seeing those in our lives and looking at ourselves first and foremost, uh, doing his good work in us and then through us. Let him do what he wants to do in you before you be all up in his business demanding that he work, you know, through you, let him do it in you first. He's so good and so loving. Just let him do what he wants to do. It's a key part of walking with the Lord. Um, and it's a walk. In America, we like things fast and furious, but this is a walk with the Lord. Keep pace with him, you know, keep in step with him. Don't, uh, always be trying to go, 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 go. Right. Okay. Um, walk with him. So that means some of these things are going to take some time to work out. He wants to do it with you. It's about the relationship. It's not so much about, uh, if he just wanted to zap, like fix us all and make us, um, you know, everything we, we need to be, to be fully sanctified. He could do that, but 
where's the relationship and the love in that? So when you're walking through something and you know the Lord is leading and guiding and molding you and it's taken some time, just remind yourself that this is about the relationship that's terribly important to him. And then uh, take a second to, um, hopefully it'll be nighttime when you do this, look up at the sky and see the stars. The God who hung them there, who spoke them into existence is the God who loves you and wants to have this day-by-day, ongoing, ever-deepening, beautiful relationship. And you're going to find yourself a lot more patient when you walk through these things that are like, uh, not so fun, the sanctification process. Okay, fun things we don't mind, like a vacation, if we get it somehow stretch it out and add another week, nobody's going to really complain about that, right? Give it three weeks instead of two, yes. But when it's the hard stuff, we, we don't want to add to it. Reframe it so that you can remind yourself that this is just me doing this with Jesus because he loves me. He wants to walk through life with me. Okay, man, I am yakky, yakky, yakky today. I really am. Sorry if that's too much talk. Um, also, not sorry, because I think that's probably a good word. If for nobody else, it is for me, a good reminder. Okay, so the Holy Spirit lives out the Christian life through us. You cannot do it on your own. So don't be hard on yourself and expect to do things perfectly. Um, be hard on yourself if you are quenching and pushing away the Holy Spirit. Then be hard on yourself and say, oh, no, I got to get that right. I got to get my heart right with the Holy Spirit. Um, if you're just doing life at a normal pace and the Lord is leading and guiding you and it's not on fast forward, don't be hard on yourself. We find in um, Philippians 1 verses 9 through 11, we will find them. These verses can become our reality by the power of the Holy Spirit. And if I tell you anything else, I would be lying. If I, if I said like, um, there's another method, you can do this on your own. That's humanism. And that is not going to fit in with Christianity, with being a disciple of Jesus. We are not little humanists. That part of our flesh has got to die. It's got to be crucified, buried, done with. And when you find it trying to creep its way back into your life, you jump up on that up and down on that coffin, you stomp on it, you say you get back in there, you are dead. I really do mean that like, have that kind of an attitude toward it. I would be leading you down a wrong path if I said, you could do this on your own. So these first few words are really, 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 really key. Okay. And this I pray. Those are the first words we read here in Philippians 1 9 that Paul wrote. And this I pray. Yes, that's it right there, right from the get-go. We've got this instruction about how to become a people whose love abounds more and more and more, whose love abounds, abounding in our love more and more and more, love that keeps on displaying itself in greater and greater depth in real knowledge. Like, you know, this is practical stuff, folks. Like, think about it. If, if my love abounds, if it grows, if it, if it, increases in its depth. So it's not shallow, right? It's not like a mile wide and an inch deep. It's actually really got some depth to it. Then I'm going to, um, it's going to be practical because what good is knowledge that just puffs up? If it isn't useful in my everyday walking around, actually living, doing life with other people, like that kind of world, if it's only good for what I'm, you know, sitting quietly on a, on a, on a mountain looking at a sunrise, that is, that can be like that puff up kind of knowledge. And that is, that's worthless. 
that's worthless. It's going to, that's the kind of stuff that's going to burn. It's not going to count for anything in eternity. Ain't none of us need anything else that's going to burn. Okay. If you don't know what I'm talking about, get into these letters that Paul wrote to the church and find out what it means. What does it mean going to burn? Well, everything we do is going to be judged. We're not at the, the same judgment that unbelievers that don't know Jesus that have, re- have rejected him as Lord or have never heard of it. There's a different judgment for them. For us, the judgment is our works are going to be tested by fire and what's pure is going to remain. And the, the rewards of that will last all throughout eternity. The stuff that isn't really that great, it's described as, as a hay and stubble, just poof, it's going to burn up. It's going to burn up. And we're told that that person who has only works like that is going to be lucky to just get in just with themselves, like to get into heaven. This is serious stuff. Is this a hard teaching? Um, I don't personally think it is. I think if you gave your life to Jesus, you should understand it was a real trade. It was an exchange. I made a trade. Ain't mine no more. It's yours. And I'm thankful for the trade. And I will... um, Read your word and learn it and do it, even if it seems a little challenging to me. This is challenging, maybe not a hard teaching, but if you've never heard the reality that what you do is actually going to be tested by fire, you know, you want that hard metal stuff that can go through fire. No wood, no, no stubble, no hay. Stubble and hay are going to burn up quick. Wood takes a little longer, still burns. You know, the things that are like the, the metal tested stuff, like test your metal. I know there's a two different words, metal and metal, but this is testing your metal. We want the stuff that lasts. So right here is um, where the rubber meets the road. I need the Holy Spirit to do this in me for God's kingdom here for good. Because, you know, look, if it's just puffing up my knowledge, it's worthless. And somebody needs to hear that today. Somebody needs to hear that today. There is nothing good as far as the kingdom of God goes that is um, that comes from puffy, uppy knowledge, you know, and time is short. So let's be done with the, ooh, let me tell you with my platitudes all the things I know. Who cares? If Jesus doesn't really care, and these verses seem to indicate he doesn't, then who in the world otherwise should care? Not us, not as children of the most high God. Let's be about the non-puffy-uppy knowledge stuff, the stuff that really changes our life and changes others' lives. Yeah, that's what we want to do. Okay, so we're going to go through these verses just like a little bit at a time. And let's find the promises that God has for us there, right? Because we're all about the promises of God here on the Burt Not Ernie Show. God is always speaking to us through his word. And you know what? That's never going to stop. So if he's always speaking to us through his word and he's never going to stop speaking to us through the Bible, we need to open our Bibles. We need to get in them and we need to have a mindset that the Lord speaks through his word. Is that your mindset when you open your Bible? When you open your Bible app, when you read the verse of the day, is that your mindset? God is speaking through his word always. His word will never die it will remain forever. He's always daily and moment by moment speaking through his word. Keep that as your mindset. We can expect him to speak to us through his word. Okay, that's really where I'm going with that. So um, please apply that to your daily life. You want to hear from the Lord? Some people say, I never hear from the Lord. I never hear from the, but they might open their Bible and read it twice a week. 
And, uh, and I'm not an advocate that I'm a everyday read your Bible kind of gal, but you say you read it twice a week and you, you know, it's like a checklist thing. Your twice a week might be a little on Sunday, a little on Wednesday before your small group. And you don't expect to hear anything. You don't treat it like it's living and active. Like it's actually going to bring about life change. You expect nothing and you get nothing. And then you're like, well, God doesn't talk to me. Maybe start changing your expectations. You might be surprised at just what that decision that you make, that one decision that you make to change your expectations, it could change your life. Because when you read the word of God and you expect God to speak to you through it, and you recognize that it's living and active and it's the final authority of all the things that God has placed on this earth, you know what happens? Life change happens. So you want to hear from God? Change your mindset about God's word. It's always speaking. It always will speak. Okay. And he wants to speak to you. So make a plan to pray. If the first part of the verse was Paul saying, and this I pray, let's make a plan to pray. And I mean like plan for some prayer time for real. Don't just kind of like hope that you can grab a bit of time here and there to pray. You know, the devil is really going to be at work in your life to make sure those hoped for moments never happen if that's the best you got. Does that make sense? Like make a plan. Don't be willy nilly about it. Um, but yes, do pray here and there and talk to God all throughout the day. Do that, but then don't not do the other schedule a time to pray. I've spoken about this at conferences before. Like if you will put it on your calendar, like as an actual appointment, you're much more likely to keep it. And you know what? If God almighty, Jesus who died for you is not worth like actually treating him like it's an important appointment, it's hello, the most important appointment of the day, every single day of your life. If you won't even treat him like he's as important as your, you know, some people schedule their, um, I don't know, they might have friends in different parts of the country, college buddies, and now you watch this thing on Netflix together at the same time and talk about the show. If we won't even schedule it the way that people will schedule a Netflix show, come on, come on. If you got important medications, you sometimes schedule those, right? I mean, all these things are scheduled. Would you schedule this time with God? That's what I mean when I say plan to pray. Have a time to really just be with the Lord, read his word and talk to him. These are the kinds of things that the apostle Paul was talking about. And they don't just happen with a flippant kind of a, I got a couple seconds. That's good enough. Right. Um, you know, oh, I forgot to pray. It's the last two minutes of the drive before I get to work. I'll pray real quick. Um, let's not couple the words real quick with prayer very often or ever. You talk to him as long as he wants to talk to you. Like, uh, don't give him the short list. If all you ever said to your spouse was, um, you know, yeah, yeah, we can, I, yeah, I got, we can talk real quick, real quick. If everything was real quick, they'd be like, are you kidding me? We're married. You know what? You're the bride of Christ. It's, yeah, get rid of that. I I can pray real quick stuff. Okay. Man, I really am in preachy mode today. I am so sorry if this is offensive and stepping on toes, but I hope it's like, if it does step on your toes, I hope it's in a good way. I hope it's in a way that makes you say, oh, I want more of Jesus, not less. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I want more of Jesus, not less. Okay. So what did Paul teach us to pray for here in Philippians chapter one? That our love may abound more and more. This is for every single follower of Jesus, for the big C church as a whole, all Christians, and also for every single one of us who follow Jesus individually, that our love will display itself 
in greater depth. Oh, that's so good. And the reason it's good is because it is going to leave a mark. It's going to leave a mark. Like, you know, your kid, one of your siblings to say, man, they pop, you're real good. And then another one laughs and says, oh, that's going to leave a mark. Yeah. We want love that displays itself in greater depth and it leaves a mark. Will it sometimes be hard and uncomfortable to love like that? Yeah, sure. Of course. Yeah. Uh, but how did Jesus love us? Did he stay in the comfortable lane? I'm in the comfort zone. I'm not getting out of it. Um, and so, you know, like part of our sanctification, our becoming more and more like our Lord Jesus is going to be uncomfortable. So make peace with that and then love well. Leave a mark. Paul prayed for real knowledge. Paul prayed for practical insight. This is for the real world, the walking around world, the nitty gritty world that you and I live in every minute of every day. Um, look, this isn't like, like I said earlier, like sitting on a mountain watching a sunrise and nobody else is around or like, you know, look, when, when nobody is near you, it's pretty easy. It's a lot easier like uh, to not upset and offend people. If there's nobody else around for a hundred miles, you know, it's, it's, um, it's a lot easier to say you're super patient. I'm super loving when they ain't nobody else around, right? So real knowledge will help you in your job, in your relationships, in your decision-making, in your parenting, um, financially to know when to put down a phone, take a break from social media or fast for an extended amount of time, possibly from social media, when not to reply to somebody with that snarky comment. Hello. We do that way too often on the social medias. And it's, it's not cool as Christians. We go too far sometimes. You know what I'm saying? I'm not talking about never speak truth. You know the difference. I don't need to explain it. You know the difference. So if you find yourself then a little defensive about that, mm, pray about it. And ask, Lord, why am I defensive? Is there some of that that I need to lay down? Do I easily offend others? And am I easily offendable? Ooh, that's not a fruit of the spirit. Okay. Um, so this is like for the real world, for the real world, practical insight. Now, if you don't need any practical insight, uh, that's awesome. That's amazing. But I'm thinking that probably if you're like most of us on this planet, you could use some like practical, really useful, this is going to help me, this is going to help others in the here and now insight at least every once in a while, like for me, a uh, hundred times a day, God has that for you. If he didn't, these verses would not be in the Bible. God never offers something that he does not intend to give. I think I want to say that one more time. God never offers something that he does not intend to give. Sometimes there may be conditions. Sure. Like, you know, if you don't know Jesus, if you are not in Christ, you don't have access to things that God has promised only to those who know and follow his son, right? Um, and if you don't know Jesus, but you're curious, shoot me an email at janelbert at outlook.com. I would love to talk with you. And I am not a, a judgy, judgy kind of a person. I got saved at home in my living room watching an, um, a Christian show on TV all by myself when I was um, about 20 years old. So I don't um, have some like I grew up in the church and I've never experienced sin. I don't know what it's like to live without the Lord. I, none of that. I'm serious. If you got questions, please email me. I'll put that in the show notes, but it's just my name, Jan L. Burt at Outlook.com. And I would love, 
I would be blessed to talk with you about any questions you might have. Um, and that's always welcome. That's like a forever standing open door kind of a thing. Okay, so, and if you do know Jesus personally, then let his promises be the things that you are believing him for. If Jesus is your Lord and Savior, if you are a disciple of Christ, would you just let his promises be the things you're believing him for? Let God's promises be what you every single day are believing he's going to do in your life. Okay, so next what Paul says is, um, so that you will learn to recognize and treasure what is excellent. What is excellent? Well, whatever God would qualify as excellent, that's also what we want to call excellent. I hope that makes sense. Like if God says it's excellent, we want to call it excellent. Learn to recognize the goodness, the excellence of God when he is at work in this world. And he is when he is at work in your life. Recognize the good things, the excellence. Look, look for it. Learn to look for it. Constantly look for it and you will see it. Ask him to make it clear to you. And he will. Expect him to be doing stuff because I promise you, he absolutely, absolutely is. And he loves it when you see him in the big and in the little. He, he loves it. He gets glory and honor and praise. And it's again, that relationship. You're going to have a better relationship with him if you're looking for him all the time. If you're expecting him to show up in your life here and there and everywhere all throughout the day. And he treasures that relationship. So Let's, you know, we're talking about the things that what's excellent. If God treasures his relationship with us, that's excellent. So let's be, you know, cognizant of treasuring that relationship back. God's at work in the world. God's at work in your life. God's promises are coming to pass for you. I want you to believe. I want you to believe. Okay, so expect him to be doing stuff because he surely is. And then treasure those things that are excellent. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the father of heavenly lights. That's what it says in the book of James. So every, every, there's no wiggle room there. Is something good in your life? Is something perfect right now? It is from the father, period. No wiggle room. Let's give him the glory and thanks for that. The Amplified clarifies a bit about excellence. It says that identifying the best and distinguishing moral differences. Yes, when we can identify the best. Wow, just think of what that does in our lives. Time is not wasted so often when we can identify the best because we can't, that's why we identify the best versus what's pretty good. Boom, a lot of time saved right there. Um, as far as like, where should I put my time? You can't do everything. Let's do what's best. How do we know what the best is? Well, we want to be able to identify it and we get there by the power of the Holy Spirit showing us moment by moment, play by play, what's best um, and distinguishing moral differences. Hey, there, there's possibly never been a time when we have needed this ability to distinguish moral differences more than we need it now. Things like everywhere. All the time. Everything's a moral issue now. You know what I mean? I mean, everybody's got a moral stance on an issue of the day. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's a lot. And, you know, surprise, not all the moral stances that people take align with the word of God. So we've got to, again, back to the word of God. We've got to know what God wants us to know in these days. And we're going to know it by being in his word. And then it goes on to say, and that you may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ. I don't want anything getting in the way of my focus on having oil in my lamp, being fully ready when Jesus returns. I don't want anything, nothing in the way of that. And every day, 
Every moment literally brings us closer to his return. Boom. Another second went by. You're closer. Boom. You're closer. Boom. You're closer. He is coming back. Don't forget that. Keep the oil in your lamp. Pay attention. Pay attention to the signs of the times and just keep your heart right with Jesus. Don't let anything, I don't want anything getting in the way of that. So I want to be pure and blameless. I'm going to meet him face to face, whether he comes back in my lifetime or um, I stop living in this life. You know, I say die, but you know, if you are in Christ, you live forever. We are actually going to live for eternity. So, you know, one way or the other, I want to be ready to see him and to do that. I want to be pure and blameless. I know I can't be perfect, but I've got the Holy Spirit to help me. And he is so good at what he does. He's so good at what he does. One of his names in the New Testament is our helper. We need to be better about letting our helper actually help us, lead us and guide us. So I need the Holy Spirit to help me to be pure and blameless on this day and every single day until that day when I meet the Lord face to face. So yeah, praying these verses will have an impact on my right now life. And it also is going to have an impact on my very last day, right up to my last breath. Thank the Lord that he has given us his word and that we can learn from it, grow in it, believe it, pray it, and trust that he's bringing it to fruition in our lives. I am so grateful for that. And I hope that you are too. Gus, Okay, so this being blameless, per the Amplified, it's actually like um, it, like in our actualities. We got to walk the talk, not just blab it, but never live it. Actually living lives that lead others away from sin. That's what else this verse says. Leading lives, living lives that lead others away from sin. That's a tall order, which is why I said earlier, we need the Holy Spirit. But we've got to yield. We must yield to the Holy Spirit. When he is leading, do not resist him. Don't fight. Don't fight him. Where he leads me, there I will follow. I'll go with him, with him all the way. Isn't that what the hymn says? Absolutely. He wants our lives to lead others away from sin. That's what the Lord wants. We want to want what he wants. That's part of what's excellent, right? That's, uh, yeah, those excellent things, we want those. We want those to be preeminent in our in our lives and to be preeminent in our lives we need to be thinking about them sin has collateral damage it just does jesus wants that collateral damage to be the absolute minimal that it can be jesus wants people out of sin so we need to want people out of sin so that we are caring about the things our lord is caring about jesus wants us to live lives that lead others out of sin this verse tells us so away from sin away from it that doesn't mean like a little bit away, like, yeah, I'm just like, like stepping around a mud puddle or something kind of away. No, far, far away from sin. As far as the East is from the West would be the Lord's ideal. Uh, wouldn't that be quite a legacy to leave after you're gone? A continuing, like leading people away from sin because of the mark you left on the world. Remember, that's going to leave a mark. Boy, that's what we want. That's what we're after. Okay, so filled with the fruit of righteousness. Think about the fruit of the Spirit here. Having lives marked by evidence of the Holy Spirit so that people can actually see the difference that Jesus makes in our lives. Right? Isn't that what the fruit of the Spirit should do? I think so. I think people should be able to see the difference. Actually, like, you know, tangible kind of stuff, our behaviors, our words, they should be able to see the difference that Jesus makes in our lives. And he does make a difference. If he doesn't make a difference, 
uh, get to praying about that, like right away, ASAP. Don't put that off. Pray about that uh, tonight before you go to bed. You make that, turn off the TV, put down the phone, and seriously, get to praying. If Jesus is not making a difference in your life, he should be. He wants to be. If he's not, talk to him about it. Um, and in their lives, like in, if Jesus is making a difference in our life, He's going to want, it's, it's going to make a difference on their lives, the people that you interact with. Does that make some sort of sense? Like if I'm living for the Lord, it ought to be making an impact on somebody else too, not just on me. Because we aren't up on a mountain by ourselves with nobody around for a hundred miles all the time. We are doing life with people, shoulder to shoulder in some cases. So it ought to make an impact on me and on a whole lot of other somebody else's as well to the glory and praise of God, so that his glory may be both revealed and recognized, so that God's glory can be revealed and recognized. That's beautiful. Now, if, so if you start praying these verses over your spouse, your kids, your coworkers, your local church, your small group, your Bible study, um, over the things that you post on social media, over your use of free time, over your neighbors, your whole neighborhood, um, can you even start to imagine what could happen? A lot, right? A lot. That's what could happen. And I, and I say could, but how about will? What will happen if we start praying this? A lot will happen. Okay, so um, let me check my time here. Ooh, I'm going long today. I'm so sorry. Okay, so that is it for today's podcast. But I do want to remind you about just a couple of things. Number one, the online prayer group. Um, right now there are about 180 of us in the group. How cool is that? And every week on Fridays, we do a little video. We talk about one verse from Psalm 91 and we're working through all of Psalm 91 and it will end on, I think, December 31st, the last day of the year. So it's a great way to end the year. And remember, ending a year well means you start the next one well, right? So for the last day of the year, we end well. We are starting the first day of the new year really well. So that's good. That's a good thing. So I would love to have you join us. I'll put the link in the show notes, um, and it's also on the main page of my website. If you go to janelbert.com, that first page you land on, you can scroll down. There's a place to sign up for my um, email newsletter. I don't email a lot. A couple times a month, I send out a Bible verse, and each month I have like a giveaway. I give away a brand new book, and um, the only way to have a chance to win is you got to be on my email list. So I just pick a random name from my email and send them a book. And this month is two books. So I only email like twice a month, a giveaway, a Bible verse, a prayer kind of thing. But if you scroll down, you can sign up for that. And then a little bit beneath that is the link to the the private prayer group. So, and it's private because prayer requests, we keep them private. You know, it's confidential. Everybody has committed to keep it confidential. So, um, you, or you could just go to Facebook and search for praying through the storm it's a prayer group. You can throw in my name, praying through the storm with Jan Elbert. You'll find us. So, um, also I'm doing a, I mentioned the monthly book giveaway. What else? Oh, and if you have reviewed my podcast or, um, my devotional on Amazon, thank you. You guys are awesome. I'm so grateful for every single review. They just, um, they're a blessing and I'm th I'm just thankful for all of you. Basically that's the long and short of it. So, um, so the book this month that I'm giving away is Seeking God's Guidance by Elizabeth Elliot, and also a copy of the devotional, The Power of God's Will, 40 Days of God's Promises. So two books this month to one, one giveaway winner. And um, that's about it, I think. I hope you will join us for the prayer group, though, because 
uh, just join us. It's a great thing to be doing. And if you aren't there able to watch live on Fridays, everything's in the group. You can watch it later. You can watch the other prayer stuff, you know, from the prayer retreats we did. Whatever you want to do in there, we'd love to have you. Okay, so um, that's it. Yeah, okay, God is good. God is good. If we took everything that he has shown us, everything that he has taught us, how he has loved us, I'm talking about you right now as an individual, how he has loved us through thick and thin, and we just shared that with other people around us, this world would be so blessed. So I want to encourage you today, share something. Uh, just share something. Send a text, share a Bible verse on social media, share something, share something. Give somebody a hug, you know, send somebody a gift card for a cup of coffee, share something. God's good. And he wants us to spread around his goodness. He wants to spread his goodness through you. He really does. He really does. So uh, be a blessing to somebody today. Just never know what difference it might make. Okay. Um, this is a long episode today, so I'm going to, I'm going to stop now and see you next time. Lord bless you. Thank you for being here. All right. Bye-bye. I'm so glad you joined me for this episode of the Burt Not Ernie show. It's an honor and a blessing to talk about God's promises with you. Have a fabulous day. And remember, part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Lord bless. I'll see you next time.